Ever stayed up late worrying? Did it help? Pastor Ray Bentley talks about the folly of worry. Worry doesn't change things. Worry is a distorted view of life. It's a distorted view of reality. It's a distorted picture of God himself. Though there are troubles and there are trials and there are challenges, worry blinds us to how God cares for his creation. Spreading the news of his people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. It's been said that worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. If you're worrying about tomorrow, well, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday, and you're doing just fine. Today, Pastor Ray shows us what Jesus tells us about the folly of worry. Well, we begin uh, now in Luke chapter 12, verse 13. And it says, Then one of the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So someone came to Jesus as a teacher and as a rabbi with a legal matter, and he says, hey, I've got a dispute with this guy, and I want you to weigh in on it, and I want you, rabbi, to settle the matter. And notice Jesus' response. He wouldn't get involved. Why? Because Jesus knew that there was no answer that would solve their problem. And uh, so Jesus now begins talking about covetousness. But Jesus goes to the heart of the issue and he nails a real problem. And I want you to look again at verse 15. Being covetous, thou shalt not covet, the tenth of the Ten Commandments is a real problem in the world right now and always has been. He said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. And guess what? That is, verse 15, is the philosophy of this world. The philosophy of this world would take verse 15 and say, yeah, this is my, this is my vision. This is my goal. Life is in the abundance of how many things you have. How many of you know people who live like that? The more that, you know, there's a bumper sticker, he who has the most toys at the end wins. Wrong. Jesus says that the very opposite of that is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Uh, what is to be the most important thing in our lives? The most important thing in our lives is relationships, not things, not possessions, not acquiring not getting more and, and having more things. It is relationships. And the first most important relationship you should have is your relationship with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Covetousness 
can destroy your health. Now, what's really sad is somebody that actually happens to be gifted and talented by the Lord, they're able to acquire a lot and make a lot and have an abundance. And, and yet there is a drive, they're never satisfied. If I only had, and so they never live to enjoy the present, they're always driven to the future and, and it can drive you to have a heart attack. I mean, literally covetousness is probably one of the, the major root causes of all kinds of physical ailments and uh, you know, problems with the heart. I mean, the motivation of the heart can give your heart problems if it's a worldly pursuit. Jesus said elsewhere, what does it profit a man, let alone a woman, if in your covetousness you gained the whole world and then lose your own soul? Well, that's, that's kind of what Jesus is talking about. Now he begins to give a parable to reveal Covetousness. In verse 16, then he spoke a parable to them. So now he addresses not only this guy who has a question about, you know, some material possession, he wanted a legal matter settled, and everybody was eavesdropping. And so now Jesus tells the whole crowd that we're listening a parable. Listen to this parable, verse 16. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, now what shall I do? since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I know what I'll do, I'll do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. In other words, he's gonna break down what he now has and expand and enlarge to make room for more storage of more possessions, the more abundance. His whole life, his whole thinking, his whole emotions, his whole drive are about having more, bigger barns, more full of all these things. Verse 19, Jesus says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Jesus gives a very revealing insight here. First of all, he gives the man's opinion of himself. What's the man's opinion of himself? Man, I'm pretty cool. I've got it made. <laughs> Look how successful I am. In fact, my problem is I gotta tear down everything I've built up make room and make bigger barns, bigger business, bigger room, greater capacity for more stuff, more possessions. His own opinion of himself was, I am successful, I've got it made. Now what's God's opinion of him? And, and it's not in anger. I think you, know, you have to hear the tone of voice uh, from the Holy Spirit when you read scripture. I don't think God's angry at him. I think it's more grief. Oh, what a fool. What a waste. What a wasted life. Because in the pursuit of those things, notice what the man did not mention. He didn't mention a wife. He didn't mention children. He didn't mention one single human contact, not one other relationship. It was all about him alone 
and inanimate objects, things that you could count and you could place in some big old barn. And God's attitude of that kind of a man is what a waste. What a waste of a life. What a waste of being made in my image. What a waste of pursuits. You have all these big barns. Your whole life was consumed with that. You never lived. You never talked to me. You didn't know me or my plans for you, let alone where, where was this man's family? We don't know. And the other thing is, that this man, it says that he said in his mind, these things I will do, but notice in the parable, he never arrived at that point. He says, when I do this, and when I make the bigger barns and I have more stuff, then I will take my ease. Notice he dies before he ever reached his goal. That's covetousness. You never When you are covetous, you never have enough, so you never do relax. You never do take it your ease. You never do enjoy even all those things. So if you never enjoy the things, all you're left with is you and your covetousness. What a fool. The moral of the story is you will always die before you arrive at a place where you have enough. The NIV puts it this way, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Uh, This is who the parable is for. The parable is for the one that, that lays up treasures all about themselves, but they are not rich toward God. And in other words, the grief and the brokenness that I hear in the tone of the father, oh, what a fool, is that this man's relationship with his creator, with his maker, with his heavenly father was totally destroyed. And now you're dead and it's, you don't get to do it again. You don't get to start. It is appointed unto man to live once and then to die. And then we go to be judged before the Lord. So with that, uh, you know, that's a pretty good, strong case against covetousness. Agreed? Don't just covet things. What should we then desire? Relationships. And in fact, you begin by learning how, we don't, and by the way, being sinners, we don't even know how to have good relationships. Would you agree with that? So where do you learn how to love? Where do you learn how to have a healthy relationship? First by God. Because the other half of that relationship is perfect. (laughs) And he always loves you and he loves you unconditionally and he loves you forever. We're the ones that that falter along the way, but slowly and, and, and gradually we learn from his perfect love toward us and by receiving it, we begin learning how to love others. And once you learn how to love the Lord, then you begin learning how to love a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a son or a daughter. And when you begin practicing that love on them, guess what? God begins to add other people into your life. And in other words, I would put it this way. A rich life toward God is the desire to add more and more and more relationships that the circle, the concentric circles of the numbers of people whom your life touches in love and enjoyment and friendship and blessing and giving and receiving and sharing That's what a truly rich life is all about. So that you have many 
brothers and many sisters and even loving toward those who do not yet love the Lord or know the Lord through your life and through your witness. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people. He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Well, now Jesus goes on to talk about worry, which is another problem. He says in verse 22, he says, Then he said to his disciples, Therefore, I say to you, now that we've dealt with covetousness, now I'm going to talk to you guys who have chosen to follow me. And you've decided, okay, I do want a relationship with the Lord, and I'm following you, Jesus. So what do we need to hear? Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. He's talking here about sowing because, you know, you're, you're, by spinning, you make, you know, things and, and quilts or whatever. He goes, but look at the lilies. They don't toil and they don't even spin. And yet look how beautifully they are arrayed. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these wild flowers. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, let's take just a moment and, and look at that. Uh, worry. How many of you would admit that every once in a while you worry? We're all, we're all guilty, aren't we? We do worry. The very fact that Jesus says don't worry is an indication that we do a lot of worrying. The word worry here means to be torn apart. Did you know that, that worry is a destructive thing in our lives? The picture of us is of a ship that is tossed at sea that's in a storm getting just tossed around. Worry doesn't change things. Worry is actually sin. 
Worry is a distorted view of life. It's a distorted view of reality. It's a distorted picture of God himself. Because God is almighty, he's in control. You and I, though there are troubles and there are trials and there are challenges, uh, we do not have to worry. We can choose in those stressful times. Yes, Jesus is not saying you're not gonna be in stress. We are. But we can choose to trust in the Lord. And it's interesting that Jesus would use the analogy of ravens. Ravens, if you've read the Old Testament, you would know are unclean birds. And he says that, that ravens, uh, they, cannot, they can't sow and reap. Let's say there are some in the animal kingdom that can make their food and make provisions and so forth. Ravens, they can't do anything. They, they can't, they're not farmers, they can't sow seeds and they can't reap later on. They have to scavenge. And they're called, for that very reason, unclean birds. And yet Jesus takes note of them and mentions them, and he says, even these birds that are kind of the garbage cleaners of nature, yet your Father in heaven makes sure there's enough for them scavenging to eat. If God, your Father, is able to take care of unclean birds that can neither sow nor reap, how much more is your Father able to take care of a man or a woman who God has given the capacity to actually plant seeds and harvest crops? Cannot God take care of you who are made in His own image and after His own likeness? Worry blinds us to how God cares for His creation. He goes, by worrying about it, you can't add one inch to your stature. You cannot add one second to your life. So the answer to worry is to trust in the Lord. It's basically just to realize your father knows the things you have need of. Here, look again at verse 30. For all these things, the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. God knows what your needs are tonight. Trust him. Cast all your cares upon him. So what should we put our time, energy, emotion, and attention into? Verse 31, but seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. The answer to worry is simply to trust in your heavenly Father. He knows what you have need of. Pray, ask for what your needs are, cast your care upon him, and then seek the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness and joy and peace and love. And, and it's all relationship. It's all words of relationship, reaching into other people's lives. And um, let me also say in this that uh, we talk a lot about, yes, being a servant. But it's also important that partly in life, you, you need to learn how to receive as well as to give. Being a servant to others sometimes, and desiring to follow Jesus Christ, you will have someone that will come up to you in an unusual circumstance, and for some reason they really want to do something for you. And it is a wrong, narrow-minded uh, view of spirituality to say, I can never, I want to be the servant of all, and therefore I can never be in a position where somebody else meets my needs. That's a wrong view of love. The beauty of love is the combination of both sowing and reaping. Put another way, it's a combination of giving and also receiving. And I want you to think about as you seek the kingdom of God, the unique ways that, and by the way, because Jesus owned nothing, 
Do you know that throughout his three and a half years of ministry, once he dusted his hands from his father's carpentry shop, he got up and the father said, now is the day you begin your ministry of the Messiah. And he walks out. He had nothing but the tunic on his shoulders. He says, I have no home. I, I, you know, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. This put Jesus in a position of being needy. Yes, there were probably many times and nights where he slept out in the open, but when the occasion was offered, he slept where? In the homes of disciples, such as Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Wow, Jesus is not just a rabbi, he's a prophet. He's not just a prophet, but now we think he's the Messiah. He doesn't have anywhere to spend the night. He's come to Jerusalem. And here is a home that is on the, Mount of, the backside of the Mount of Olives. It's two sisters and a brother. And they know Jesus will go sleep out under the olive trees, but they say, Master, the ladies will make us a dinner. We'll sit down, we'll have a conversation. And would you spend the night in our home? And Jesus said, yes. And in fact, it was one of his favorite places to stay. Jesus was humble enough not only to give and multiply at times fish and bread, he was humble enough to go and have a meal made, prepared and served to him and spend the night at the hospitality of this loving family. So I want you to begin thinking about in this week, not only the opportunities you have to serve others and meet others' needs and minister to others, but maybe there would be a fresh way in which you would be humble enough to receive and let someone give to you, let someone minister to you, let someone bless you. Maybe there is someone who has long wanted to give to you in a way and you have been in your own mind, no, I can't do that and I can only give. And, and you have a little bit wrong view of what it really means to seek the kingdom of God. And the reason is that um, if a relationship is all one-sided, there's really not much of a relationship there. It's learning the, the art of living, if you will. That's what wisdom is, is learning the art of life. And, and the art and the beauty, if you will, of life is knowing those times that it's time to serve and to give and get down as it were on your hands and knees and bless. And then there are times when, yeah, I'm gonna let you bless me. I'm gonna let you speak into my life. I'm going to listen to your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions, and then acknowledge it. Say, what a great idea, I never would have thought of that. Wow, and somebody goes, wow, they've never listened to me before. They've never taken my ideas. And now they themselves have been blessed and elevated. Seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Look at how Jesus was provided for in homes and families and meals and brothers and sisters as he sought to honor the Father and obey him. All of his physical needs were taken care of all the way to the very, very end. Pastor Ray Bentley with great insight on how we're to keep our eyes fixed on the Lord not on our problems. Good insights from our studies in Luke today here on Maranatha Radio. Now today's study is titled, Jesus Could Come Tonight. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.